Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madeira, and we are back today with Amber Mehresh. And Amber and I have been talking about her relationship with Nikola Tesla, which is absolutely fascinating. And Amber had reached out to Nikola Tesla for some help with electrical projects in her house. And it turns out that Nikola and Amber are twin flames or twin souls. And we've really explored their journey and their relationship as they go through heart expanding and the power of love and the power of love to really shift timelines and consciousness and people and to really begin to change the history of our planet and ourselves to a more heart-centered world where technology operates in harmony with the earth and serves the evolutionary well-being of all humanity. Welcome back and thank you so much again for being here. It's a pleasure to be with you. All right. So last time we talked, we talked about technology and what the the technology of the new earth is. And so much of the technology there is really hands in glove with the consciousness that supports that kind of um, state of living. And so today we really wanted to talk more about about that state of, of mind, that state of being, the state of consciousness in this new earth. But before we get to that, there was a really interesting way that Nicola um, explained how to imagine where we are now and new earth and, and a description of what new earth really is. And can you start with that and tell us what that experience was like? I'd be happy to. So at the beginning of the series of meditations, which I did in collaboration with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicola, on the first meditation, before he showed me anything else, wanted to help me grasp uh, what it meant when people speak of this new earth place. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not just a linear, direct future possibility mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being on a physical plane from us. Um, but it's really rather a dimensional shift that we that we humans make. Mm-hmm. And so he he gave me this little demonstration, and I'll just describe it. It was very visual, so it might be a little challenging for me to put into words, but okay. I'll do my best to describe what he showed me and what it meant. Okay. So he took me into a forest meadow. And he takes out his handkerchief mm-hmm. right? and then he, he grabs a little stick and he ties his handkerchief to a stick mm-hmm. and he, he plants that into a spot in the middle of the meadow. And he says, oh, this is new earth. This little flag that I've planted represents mm-hmm. new earth. And then he explained that by new earth, he meant uh, not just like a place, Mm -hmm. but rather a state of being 
in which humans are most in harmony with themselves and nature. Mm -hmm. It's their most ideal way of being. And I love that definition of new earth because it makes it really accessible, you know, maybe not so much in, oh, okay, I know where the direction is in time and space, but kind of a destination for everybody to begin to gear toward. So where you personally are living in your greatest harmony with yourself and in your greatest harmony with the world. And I know that's always a work in progress, but it does really seem to make it much simpler than sometimes what we hear about new earth. Yes, it's really a shift within ourselves mm-hmm. to align with that dimension uh, and to align with the, yeah, the vibration that exists there. Okay. And so, you know, he had also talked about where people are in relationship to this new earth. And can you describe that a little bit? Yes. Okay. So he planted his flag in the ground in the middle of this meadow. And he says, okay, this is point B, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the new earth. And Mm -hmm. then he says, where you're standing now is point A. So he says, how do you get from point A to point B? How do you get from where you are now to the new earth, to that state of being in the new earth? And so I said, well, you can simply walk over there. And he says, yes, you can walk. (laughs) You can go straight. You can Uh take a straight line, a direct route, or you could zigzag, Mm -hmm. or you could go in a spiral, and you could get to a new earth by any number of steps that eventually got you to that point. And then he pointed, and then he like showed the whole rest of the meadow. And he's like, oh, the rest of that meadow you know, wherever you're standing in this meadow would be your point A that you're coming mm-hmm. from. And so from any spot in this meadow, in from any spot in human existence, it could lead to that new earth dimension. You could mm-hmm. take that direct route to new earth, or you could take a zigzag spiral, but whatever path that you you take, you could reach new earth. And then he pointed over in the distance Mm -hmm. and he said, over there, that part of the meadow, that's the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Which we don't want to go to. (laughs) Right. So he said, you, you could get to the, from the apocalypse to new earth, you Uh could take that, but that's a very different path from the apocalypse back to new earth than the path that you would take from where you're standing currently. And so it would just be a different path, but you mm-hmm. could get there. You know, you could. Well, the thing and, I love about uh-huh. this is uh-huh. that everybody can be in a different place with the meadow and everybody has their own path to new earth. And that it also, in, in addition to being a collective path, because, you know, we all sort of move to that, hopefully, you know, as, as we choose to, but that we don't require that everybody around you takes the same path or walks from your same place or reflects back to you the same new earth. Like it seems like it's both, there's the collective aspect to it, but there's the individual aspect of, of your own state of being and state of consciousness to get to new earth. And that if everybody's moving in that general direction in their own general way, 
you know, we can all make it there um, somehow without trying to homogenize all of all of society to get everybody in lockstep in the exact same way to get to this place that uh, we call New Earth. Yes, and I, I I think you're right, and it's not necessarily just on an individual and co- and collective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he also is talking about as from a soul perspective mm, yeah. and and he's he pointed out that i could go from my point a where i am now mm-hmm. i i could go over way over there to the apocalypse mm-hmm. and then make my way back to, you know again to new earth spot you know i could take that route uh-huh. if you know if you really so want to yeah if i want to <laughs> and on, on a soul level you know that mm-hmm. option is available and so, mm. you know, as humans on a soul level, you know, we, we have seen, we perceive, I should say, we perceive all those options. Okay. And, you know, and if, as we allow our soul to guide us, you know, it'll guide us to the place that we want to be. If we okay. want to go over there and explore kind of mm-hmm. that dark, scary place, mm-hmm. we certainly can. And there's no judgment involved. Mm-hmm. in doing so. Right. But is, is that really where you want to live? Yeah. Yeah. No, great question. Okay. So let's actually talk about what is this state of being and this state of consciousness, this dimensional, this dimensional, I don't know, beingness for lack of a better term. And, and how does this operate? How is it different than what we have now? And how do we begin to cultivate this? Uh, it is different in that um, the new earth humans mm-hmm. are deeply, deeply connected with themselves uh, in all the ways of what it means to be a human. And they accept themselves. Um, I would say, you know, there's so many different terminologies for it. There's, mm-hmm. you know, they live in a self-realized state mm-hmm. in which they realize themselves as the divine um, there's unity consciousness in which mm-hmm. they are so expanded in their consciousness that they perceive themselves all as one with all other beings and mm-hmm. one as, you know, as God, you know, and they're simply an expression of mm-hmm. God, of the divine. Uh, so there's so many different terminologies, but what it comes down to this is being so in touch with themselves on a soul level that they're really connecting with that place um, where they are their multidimensional selves and mm-hmm. where they they're able to connect with others uh, from that perspective from their perspective everybody else is also in their um, state of divine perfection and union uh, as individuals Hmm. Okay. So, and, and when you were saying that, like, I just wanted to check in with this because it would also make sense that if you're operating from this multidimensional state and you're so deeply connected, we tend, as our human selves now, to think about these terms of connection in, in terms of other beings with, you know, other human beings and other beings with cognitive brain processes that, uh, you know, you connect with another humanoid or another 
conscious another being that expresses its consciousness similar than we do or maybe to an animal or something like that but it seems to me if we're living in that state of harmony with earth that being in that state of connection with the earth energy and with living in harmony with with that earth energy is part of that multi-dimensional experience is that true yes and nicola very specifically uh, told me that you you cannot reach new earth uh, dimension mm-hmm. you can't reach that perspective without being in your multi-dimensional awareness is part of the experience of being there can you tell us a little bit about what that means to be in that multi-dimensional experience uh, a little bit um i mean i'm still living where i am Mm-hmm. So I have a somewhat still, you know, I'm still in my limited perspective. I haven't mm-hmm. completely let go of those limited perspectives yet, um, but I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, when I step into that space with Nicola, mm-hmm. uh, into that sort of new earth, new earth space and that space where I meditate with him, uh, there's a certain freedom of exploration of of my soul. I can Mm -hmm. step into whatever form that I choose to be in for whatever experience or for whatever learning that Mm -hmm. I want to experience. Um, For example, sandwiched in between these, these new earth meditations and visits Mm -hmm. to new earth Mm-hmm. was was this multidimensional experience that Nicola took me to oh. um, in which uh, he took me to this like fortress that was built on this pinnacle mm-hmm. and this the, in the mountains. And to reach there, like we we took a, a little portal pathway mm-hmm. <laughs> and it that opened up in the cliff face. And then from this cliff face, mm-hmm. we like flew over. We are still in our human forms, mm-hmm. but in this space, we're able to do whatever we intend to do. So if you intend to fly, you can fly. If you intend to breathe underwater, you can breathe underwater. You can you pull in the energy to be able to express that in your mm-hmm. reality. And so we flew over to this fortress and then we we reached this and it was like full on castle fortress uh-huh. and so it had like and and there was like nothing but air around it you know it was so high up in the sky uh-huh. wow <laughs> and and then around the actual uh, fortress was a moat with a drawbridge mm-hmm. and and i told nicola isn't the moat a little bit um you know excessive yeah. like we're already <laughs> Wonder if you can fly there anyway. What's the point? Right. Yeah. Right. The the only way to get here is to fly. What's the moat going to do? Uh-huh. <laughs> so he's laughing, but he's like, it's tradition. Just go with uh. it. <laughs> in so in this place, um, we met some of our soul family, and then we, as a soul family, there there were two other couples. So there were six mm-hmm. of us. And we gathered around, like they had this little round sofa type mm-hmm. arrangement to where, where we were like sitting knee to knee, like facing each other in these, in this circle. Mm-hmm. 
um, holding our hands in a certain way. Um, it was it felt both very ritualistic, but it also mm -hmm. felt very practical. Um, and then we, as a group, like stepped into ourselves as lightning beings. Ooh. And and I felt like I experienced myself uh, moving with the storm clouds and. Mm -hmm. And like I had the desire to reach down onto the earth and touch it. And so from the clouds, instead of like my human hand reaching down and touching the earth, it was mm -hmm. a lightning bolt. Wow. And then I was like so surprised and delighted because uh -huh. I'm still coming from my human perspective. Right, I was like yeah. so surprised at that, that I started laughing. And instead of human <laughs> laughter, it was thunder. Wow. And so we got to step into that experience of ourselves as, as lightning beings. And then at the end of that experience, Nicola wanted, you know, he, he always has a point wherever he, mm -hmm. he takes me, he has some lesson or some meaning mm -hmm. uh, for me to, to learn or to experience. And so he says, you know, you, he says, I know you feel sometimes a little bit bad that you don't understand all the math or the physics concepts in the way, mm -hmm. in the same way that I do. And you think that you're not tech savvy and that you don't understand electricity mm -hmm. and the way that my electrical devices work. He's like, he's like, but I, I want you to understand that, you know, you, you may not at this moment where you are now, you might not know all the math involved, mm -hmm. but you have the experience of being lightning. And when you're in new earth, uh -huh. um, when, when you're in the dimension of being there, you are awareness, you're, you're in awareness of all of you. You're in awareness that you're so much more expanded than mm -hmm. just your human form. You are like living within your human form, mm -hmm. but you have this deep realization that you're also so much more. Let's talk about that just a little bit because oftentimes, especially people who get who are spiritual or even religious people, and you know, people have this idea that our spiritual form is somehow separate from our physical form in the sense that our physical form holds us back and our spiritual form is some sort of pure form of ourself. But in new earth, that seems like everything is much more in tune and that your, your physical body, your physical self is an expression of that, that um, spiritual form. And that there's an acceptance that those two go together, which seems almost to me like you'd have to have that level of integration and acceptance in order to live at that level of harmony as a spiritual being in your human form. Yes. And I understand what you're saying about um, our tendency to, to think that the physical is somehow lesser mm -hmm. than the spiritual and that we need to like ascend out of our physical yeah. natures, mm -hmm. but, in, but rather new earth uh, awareness we understand that our physical is part of what makes us be able to uniquely express certain mm -hmm. aspects of our spirituality. Our, our, our body is an expression of our spiritual selves mm -hmm. and very certain aspects and abilities of it. So like as humans, uh, a human, you know, us in human form, we have different specialties and abilities 
than say some other, even another earth being like a plant, mm-hmm. um, let alone other alien beings from other galaxies, which, which are also there in, in that new earth dimension. Mm, I want to get to that. But before we get to that, what can you talk a little bit more about how humans, like the, the state of being, the state of consciousness, the state of mind in this new earth among everyday people as they live their life and, and how that's expressed and how they experience that. And, and a little bit, um, just a, a little touch on, because we've talked about this last time, about how that has created the kind of society that they have. Oh, well, certainly. And it is uh, purposely cultivated, you know, the, the sense of being in connection with mm-hmm. yourself as a spiritual being that is cultivated. Like, for example, I'll just tell a little bit more about the, <laughs> the education system that they have mm-hmm. there. Okay. Um, for this, uh, we traveled, Nicola and I traveled down to, um, yeah, somewhere in the Amazon, some Amazon jungle. Mm-hmm. And we met with a couple, we went to their, and, and they lived like very simply, they didn't have electricity, they didn't have, you know, what you would consider technology. Mm-hmm. They lived in a, a hut made of sticks and dried leaves. Mm-hmm. And so we went in to meet them. And they were the, the shamans of their mm-hmm. tribe. And they still lived very tribally. Mm-hmm. And that that culture and that heritage of them living as their tribal selves was also valued. It was acknowledged and recognized and valued mm-hmm. within new earth society. And nobody was trying to change them and force them into a, you know, so-called civilized state, right. you know, okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they, they accepted their culture as it was and for the value and gifts that that way of being and that that way of life uh, brought to the rest of humanity. Okay. And so we, we met with them. And the reason we met with them is to show part of the education system. And they were apprenticing two little kids. There was a brother and sister, mm-hmm. somewhere around like eight and 10 years old. And the, the shamanic couple themselves was clearly, you know, of indigenous <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Amazonian heritage, and then this little the, these two kids were, uh, you know, little white kids. They oh, were wow. all okay. You know, sun tanned, and then uh-huh. like super sun bleached, uh-huh. sun bleached blonde hair, and bright blue eyes. And these two kids had been, you know, like their education system had helped them discover that they were deeply interested in the plant world Mm -hmm. and, and all things that go along with connection to the plants. Mm -hmm. And so this shamanic couple was apprenticing the, these two children and teaching them all they knew. And they were learning, these two children were learning how to be shamans, um, but they were also learning all about plants. They were learning what lighting conditions um, the water conditions, soil mm-hmm. conditions, they were learning everything associated with plant well-being and happiness, mm-hmm. which isn't, again, it wasn't just that us humans want to cultivate a plant, so we need to study how to do that best. No, it was done also for the plant well-being and the happiness mm. of the plant. Mm-hmm. 
right? The plant happiness was as important (laughs) as, as what was being asked of it to serve the human, you know? So it was a partnership really between plant and human, as opposed to a cultivation of plants by humans. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so when I talked to these children and asked them what they were doing and what they hoped to, how they hoped to apply this um, to mm-hmm. their lives and to their future work, they're like, we want to be plant ambassadors. Wow. Because they, they were cultivating this deep ability to mm-hmm. communicate with the plants and to deeply understand plants and what made the plants happy. So that then, um, and then the woman who was teaching them, you know, said, you know, I asked her, do you enjoy this teaching? And she said, I enjoy it very much. And she says, my own son has grown and left. And so now mm-hmm. I have this opportunity to have two more children in my home that I get to teach. Wow. Um, you know, everything that I've learned can be passed on to them. And then she gave the example of what her son was doing. Her son had decided that he wanted to live in the city. And so he was working with, um, you know, it wasn't corporations as we know it, but it was mm-hmm. some sort of architecture committee, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess oh, you could okay. call it. So, so, and his job, because he was also taught from, you know, his parents how to work with plants and how to be a plant communicator, he could take that skill and apply it now to what was required of these buildings, this architectural firm in the city and say they wanted a very particular plant to grow on the side of their building. This young man knew exactly the porosity and the, what the nutrients needed that could grow that plant on the side of their building. Wow. Just as an example. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And so it yeah. does sound like a completely different orientation of humans to the rest of the natural world um, and, and humans to one another. And then you brought, you brought up aliens. So we're going to go there because I find that fascinating because you <laughs> sure. said um, last time or in between shows, I can't remember that, um, that in this new earth and the dimensionality that that is in the multidimensional sense of that humans have of themselves extends to the the life in other parts of our our galaxy and beyond yes yes so talk about that a little bit okay certainly so part of the being in this dimension and being able to to exist in this dimension Mm -hmm also me- applies to the alien life and those in the other galaxies. So they also are at their highest um, state of being. So everybody's in a state of peace. You know, so okay, there's so no, there's no the- alien invasion where they're attacking us and we have to figure out, you know, yeah, somehow these aliens, you know, built all this amazing technology to get here. We uh-huh. haven't managed to go really anywhere, but somehow we'll, outsmart them (laughs) (laughs) i know isn't that ridiculous it's funny but they always can't you know we hear you know we always tend to cast the aliens in a really dark role Mm -hmm. yeah and so it's not like that um everybody's at peace with each other and the aliens want to experience earth as both a tourist destination but Mm -hmm. also to learn from each other 
and you know, exchange of ways of life and doing things. So, and I just want to reiterate this because it, it can, you kind of slipped it in and, and I just want to specify it so people can hear it, is that this new earth is really part of uh, almost a different galactic timeline in that um, new earth is, is one in communication with these different alien species, but they are also in their highest form of peacefulness in communication with earth. So it's not necessarily that earth is sort of its standalone, you know, the hot mess that we have in earth in the midst of um, the same, the same, I guess, galaxy or the galactic timeline as new earth is in, but the new earth is part of, part of the larger galactic story. Um, that's a little bit different than what ours is currently. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. All right. Wow. That's, <laughs> there's so much there. So what, what should I be interested in asking you about this? Because I don't even know where to go. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's talk about aliens. Let's a little do that. Bit. All right. <laughs> okay. So how, how Nicola introduced me uh, to this idea. Okay. So we, we traveled to um, a different mountain. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Than the light, than the lightning beings. So this was like a different mountain, a, a forest, a mountain forest. Mm-hmm. And he took me to this kind of. It looked like a cathedral type of building. Mm-hmm. It was very ornate. It had stained glass all over it. And and again, like every roof that I saw of every building had plants growing all over it. And this was no exception. So it had the usual plants hanging all <laughs> off and growing on the roof. Um, but mm-hmm. then they also had a lot of skylights. And when I stepped into the um, the home, I guess you could call it that, uh, the the skylights had certain patterns and stained, stained glass patterns mm-hmm. that the couple who lived there explained were demonstrate as a light came through it, especially shining from certain constellation arrangements with the night sky it would mm-hmm. show different patterns as it went through their stained glass. So they had wow. somehow their skylight was like coordinated with the whole constellation movement. Oh my <laughs> It gosh. was like way complicated. And uh-huh. so anyway, this couple that we were talking to was Palladian. They're like super tall mm-hmm. and kind of almost angelic looking, definitely not human. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they, they were Palladian. Mm-hmm. And I just said, well, th- is this your home? And so they're like, well, no, not exactly. And then Nicola explained, he's like, yeah, they do live here. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, but they, this, they don't, they're saying it's not their home because their home is, you know, on Pleiades. They consider uh-huh. that their home. And he said, yeah, we're in the Palladian embassy. I was like, oh, oh. Wow. And these these were the Palladian ambassadors that that live in that embassy, and so they, so then we took um, a little I don't know car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it wasn't a car like we with our wheels. It was like a sort of little mini spaceship, mm-hmm. and we took we all got in and we flew to a spaceport. And so we arrived at a spaceport, mm-hmm. and it was this massive. 
Um, not just one building, but sort of series of buildings. Mm-hmm. And so Nicola, it was massive. Nicola explained that it's bigger than any of our current airports. It, it was okay. pretty huge. And like, I just notice these little things sometimes. So I, so we get out of our little space, spaceship or earth ship or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So we, we step out and the the landing pad where the spaceships would land, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like being a strip of asphalt, like we think of at our airports, mm-hmm. it was this material that was porous. It was like a cement, but it wasn't cement. It was porous. Mm-hmm. And so it would like allow the moisture to go through to the ground the way that it's supposed to and stuff. Yeah. And yet it was still a firm surface you know, that made for a good landing pad. Mm-hmm. And so we, we go into the spaceport, into the actual building. And that was super interesting. Oh, well, first of all, the, the little spaceship or earth ship that we were mm-hmm. in, um, they, they could use it for space travel, but Nikola had modified their technology to be able to travel around, um, earth as well because Mm -hmm. apparently you know the different environments and atmospheres and gravity levels and whatnot on each Mm -hmm. planet um require slight modifications in in their ships in able to you know so there there was that so he he helps with that design process and stuff and anyway okay so we got so Back to the spaceport. Yeah. So the space. <laughs> Sorry, I keep getting so distracted. No, there's so there was just so much to see. Yeah. I even I I was a little overwhelmed. So within the spaceport, it was sort of like a mini portrayal of all the climates and all the cultures of Earth, so that when oh. aliens arrived, uh-huh. um, and they could say, "Okay, well, what's your desert like?" Uh-huh. They could like bring them to that part of the spaceport, mm-hmm. and it had been designed to be like a desert environment. So mm-hmm. <laughs> within the spaceport, they could go and experience each of the different different little Earth ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And then Nicola explained that not only was that for the entertainment and enjoyment of the visiting aliens. Mm-hmm. to experience that but the spaceport also acted as a like sort of we would think of, of it as a conference center mm-hmm. where large gatherings could could occur and sort of you know you wanted a des- desert wedding and didn't want to actually go to the desert you know, and you wanted that whole <laughs> convention center with uh-huh. the infrastructure to support that large gathering you could uh-huh. go to the spaceport <laughs> Wow, so it's like an ecological Epcot Center. Yeah, exactly. Wow, okay. <laughs> That's so cool. So these aliens came and they said, oh, I like this desert. And could they then go to the actual desert and hang out? There right, Ex- exactly. Okay. If they, right, if that's what they wanted to do. Um, oh. And I did want to mention that Nicola did, men- did say, he explained that each spaceport or each mm-hmm. planet has a certain signal that they transmit mm-hmm. and so and and all the planets likewise have their equivalent of their spaceport and they have a unique signature signal 
unique to their planet. Mm -hmm. And so that when you were traveling in space, you, you could tune to that particular signal to get to the particular planet that you were going. I don't know. He was just explaining that every planet has its unique signal in order to, you know, I guess not get so that when you're space traveling to not get lost. <laughs> well, it's like the like an interplanetary and GPS, it sounds like. Um, yeah, something like that. Positioning system instead of a global positioning system. So you can still say a GPS. And it sounds like then that you could, you know, there was a lot, there was travel or is travel between these places. So one would assume that all of these um, beings travel much faster than the speed of light. Did you ever get into any of that? Like how, how that works or how fast travel would be between say, you know, a spaceport here and uh, the Pleiades, which is, you know, when you look at it from a light year perspective, not really that far. I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah. that And that is part of the multidimensionality aspect mm-hmm. of that, um, of that place mm-hmm. is that you're not limited to what we would think of being confined to our physical constraints restrictions Mm -hmm. um so you yeah somehow yeah it's not limited to physical physics i guess i i don't know how to explain it but yeah it's really fast and they know where all the portals are Mm -hmm. and you know to get from point a to b (laughs) planet wise in our culture like you were saying we tend to have you know, the humans as the good guys and the aliens as the bad guys. And in all improbable altercations between humans and aliens, humans somehow, because it's in the script, win. Um, and, but there's not that many um, models of humans and extraterrestrials working together and playing together and being in relationship one, with one another in a positive way. So in this new earth, is human alien interaction like a, a part of just everybody's daily life or is it a few people or how does that work? Uh, yeah, again, it depends on the individual interests. It's, it's an opp- opportunity that everybody, if they choose to mm-hmm. interact, like for example, okay. that shamanic, that shamanic couple in the jungle, mm-hmm. like they were really content and happy to, like, like I said, they didn't have any electronics. They didn't have mm-hmm. like, we also rode a, a boat in the jungle and the guy was like, he had oars that he was rowing for. And, and I'm like, you know, not even like a motor on his boat. <laughs> and Nicola's like, no, they they just they choose to live like this. Mm-hmm. And so not everybody chooses to, you know, right. go talk to the aliens, go interact with the aliens. Um, and of course, you know, if that's of your interest, usually your interest is pretty specific, like hey, you know, I have this project that I'm working on. Let's go talk to this alien. They're experts on this. Or, you know, it's, it's usually in relation to some project that we are, you know, that captures our interest to our work. Are there enough aliens living on Earth or in, you know, visiting Earth or whatever any particular time that say you had, hey, I've got a project. I'd really like to talk to a Palladian about this that it would be fairly easy to seek one out or is it something that is just not that many people or not that many visitors? 
I didn't ask that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I imagine it would be something like, you know, like here, like say you have a cultural ambassador coming mm-hmm. from, you know, who has a specialty from this unique, interesting culture that you want to learn from and you want to experience from, you know, and you're going to fly them out for this big conference. And so people are going to be excited and it's going to be a whole program made of it because it's mm-hmm. a special guest and, you know, they'll be like your guest of honor. I imagine it might be something like that. I don't, I, I'm not sure. Um, All right. But it, it, it does sound, you know, specifically that it is not a fear-based interaction between no, and right. visitors to our planet and, like, like is kind of portrayed now. Right. And Nicola did say that there's a lot of the technology about human-alien interaction goes mm-hmm. in, um, like, for example, say an alien that's from a completely different uh, atmosphere wants to come visit Earth. Mm-hmm. And able to handle our oxygen levels or whatever, you know, our atmosphere mm-hmm. is. And so a lot of the technology goes into creating a system for them, like either a spacesuit or something that would modify or modify them physically somehow that they would be able to breathe our our atmosphere or not need to breathe mm-hmm. or do you know what I mean? So he yeah. said, he said, he said, there's technologies that go into that um, as well as technologies that, of humans that want to go visit other planets that I did ask him about. And he's like, no, not okay. everybody wants to space travel. Some people do, but you know, not everybody does. And because earth is such a happy, harmonious place, mm-hmm. it's not like we're trying to escape <laughs> from here i mean me i would i would love it <laughs> to go and see something different I'm, I'm a traveler so i like to go and see how other people live and and, and to go and see other places and things that, that are interesting um so i would be on board with going to yeah okay somewhere. so and, and so does okay. that that's possible i want to yeah be there. of course of okay. course and and of course you would have the opportunities for the training and everything that would be required in order to make such a travel and um nicola is kind of saying that such a adventure mm-hmm. and wish uh, i didn't even really tell you about kind of the point system <laughs> Oh, well, in opera- operation, okay. they don't have money, but they do uh-huh. have a way of of tracking kind of what people want to do and mm-hmm. how to make it happen. Okay. Like, okay, so like my friend who gave me the example of the hundred people delegation to New York mm-hmm. City, right? In our last um, podcast, so go back <laughs> right in the previous back. in our previous okay. conversation, uh-huh. you know. And so I said, well, what if there's like a couple? large delegations that want to come all at once and there's not the infrastructure available like mm-hmm. how do you decide who gets to come and she and so she explained well we do have a type of we do have a point system mm-hmm. and that point system evaluates the purpose of their visit the the community give back of their visit the, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so a lot of things go into that. And for example, a tourist, somebody who just wants to go to New York City just to vacation mm-hmm. and they don't actually have any work. They're not going to sign up to be the food workers. They're not, they're not mm-hmm. going to sign up for any, they just want to come here for fun and to visit uh-huh. as a tourist. 
they might have lesser points. And so they're put on the list that, okay, Mm -hmm. this person wants to come to New York City and they don't have the points to be like a high priority. However, the longer that they sit on that wait wait list, by virtue of sitting on that wait, wait list, they're building up points and there will come a moment where their points are enough that they're like, okay, you're next. (laughs) You get to come here as a tourist and Mm -hmm. just, you know, food's provided for you. Housing is provided for you. Uh, Clothing apparently (laughs) can also be provided for you. Yeah. You just show up, just show up. And so Nick, yeah. So it would be a similar thing for space travel, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. What are your qualifications? How many points does that earn you that you've learned and studied to prepare Mm -hmm. for this? Um, And then how long have you waited for this opportunity? (laughs) Yeah. So that Mm -hmm. all would be factored in, but eventually that you would get your opportunity. Like you, you would not miss out. You would get to experience that. All right. Well, good. Although I'd be happy to do work study. So, you know, take me away (laughs) somewhere would be, would be awfully fun. All right. So what are some other qualities of being or consciousness that are common to new earth and the people of new earth that are maybe different than what we have now? Um, Oh yeah. I'll use the aliens for example, again, Um, because they demonstrated it so well. So the visiting aliens, they have technology that Mm -hmm. like for some of them, not everybody has the same technology, right? They all come from different civilizations. Um, But some have the technology that like we have a little phone on our wrist. We have our little cell phone on our Mm -hmm. wrist that Mm -hmm. can call up anybody else in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. They have a similar device that can communicate back with somebody on their home planet. Or they can simply use their telepathic ability. Okay. Right. It's it's Mm -hmm. like whatever they, and and me and Nicola, like we, (laughs) we are traveling everywhere on trains and stuff and spaceships or earth ships, I guess. Um, But, you know, we can also go into a meditation Mm-hmm. And by locate, you know, we have that spiritual ability that we can also access. Okay. And is that, I, I know it's available. Is that kind of the prevailing culture to, to develop those levels of abilities? Or are those things that some people do, but most people don't? I, w- I would say that everybody has the ability, but not everybody cultivates it and not everybody really cares to focus on developing this, those particular, what you would call, you know, spiritual or psychic abilities, Mm -hmm. I guess, but it's within the potential of everybody. And if they want to cultivate that, then they certainly can, but not everybody does. Some just simply exist in the, in the physical space for the enjoyment of fully experiencing physical, the, you know, the physicality Mm -hmm. of, getting in a train and feeling, (laughs) you know, that train speed along through your environment. And, you know, because that also is a physical experience and, you know, some souls are here for the physical experience. They're like, Ooh, we, you know, why do we want to bilocate when I can ride a train? (laughs) But they, but the common thing amongst a new earth is that 
that sense of connection with one another and with earth and with their multicultural, like the multicultural sense of self. Okay. And different people have different ways that they would explore and express that. Because I mean, if you think about it, uh, people, there are stories of people who bilocate now. So, and who don't have to eat now. And, you know, there's very small numbers of people who, have some of these gifts that technically would be available to everybody, but we don't really have that base understanding of who we are to really step into cultivate um, a gift like that. And there's really nobody to teach you because um, those teachers, there's just not enough people who do those things uh, regularly to be able to teach that. Right. And in this, like, okay, so yeah, where we are now, if you mm-hmm. wanted to cultivate that ability, say, I, I don't want to eat food anymore. I want to mm-hmm. live off cosmic energy, or mm-hmm. I want to live off the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could go in search of those teachings and those people who could teach you, or you can go within and meditate mm-hmm. and, you know, on a soul level, learn how to do that. But um, it, it's a little bit more effort for us, right? And it could require years of commitment mm-hmm. in order to reach that goal. When you're in new earth dimension, and mm-hmm. if you have that desire, say, you know, I don't want to eat anymore. Uh, it's much easier and much quicker process to right. learn and cultivate that. Like if you were to look at one or two really significant things that people could do to begin to get from where they are now at their own point a to point b in this new earth you know via a a a different kind of state of being or state of consciousness what would you recommend my recommendation is to find the ways in your life today that put you in alignment with peace, with harmony, uh, with with a um, you know inner cent- center, sudden you know being centered in your in your own being and own authenticity, and because a lot of aligning with the new earth uh, dimension is being in alignment with who you truly are on a soul level, mm-hmm. as your you know. Um, you know, in that, in that alignment with your soul, uh, you don't have the, the disease and the, and the struggles because you're aligning to a different reality. You're aligning to a different mindset. Um, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it in a way that might be useful just for an everyday person okay. <laughs> who, who wants to make this a goal to go live a new earth. Number one way, I would find some way of meditation mm-hmm. that's in in alignment with your own soul. So whether that's sound meditation, whether that's transcendental meditation where you you know leave everything out of your mind and you simply experience simply being mm-hmm. um, what but there is that space of quietness where you just kind of leave all the chaos and this chaotic energy of the reality that we're existing in currently. Mm -hmm. 
there is a process of letting go of all of that and finding finding your peaceful center. Okay. And however you arrive at that peaceful center point, mm-hmm. do that, do that. And it's been interesting in the in these meditations that I did to go visit um, these different new earth experiences. Mm-hmm. I've come out of it and I, I've been noticing that my mental chatter mm-hmm. is is really quieted down compared to what it was. Um, and I'm experiencing just feeling my own presence and feeling my own energy and awareness rather than the mental chatter that I usually have. <laughs> I usually have this constant inner dialogue going mm-hmm. and that's quieted down to where I don't need to translate my internal experience into this constant verbal stream but rather simply be present with my internal experience and i think yeah. the more somebody's able to access that own quiet internal experience of their of theirs mm-hmm. they'll be able to find their own perfect harmonious self and be mm-hmm. in alignment with the new earth energy and dimension and i think that really is the key because you know the mental chatter is trying to navigate that through some sort of cognitive process. And, and that's one thing that you can't get from um, point A to new earth through the cognitive process. It is through that deep sense of connection. So you're absolutely right. I think if you begin to cultivate that sense of connection with your deep self, with your soul self, with, you know, with the earth, with um, the, the harmonious energies, like that is how you actually connect with that new earth. And, um, and I have had the same, the same experience in meditation that over the years that the mental chatter has really gone away. And, and I had a, an experience, um, I had a kind of really bad concussion three years ago now. And for hmm, three or four months, like I, there was, there, I couldn't think there, there was no, I, I couldn't, there was no, I couldn't do mental chatter because it was part of my cognitive process. I could, mm-hmm. I could be in a state of awareness, but I couldn't be in a state of chatter. And it really showed me like how actually little I needed any of that chatter. It was mostly just noise and how much I could function without thinking about what I was doing. Like I could be in a state of awareness and cook dinner without cutting my fingers off, for example, and I could drive a car and, and stuff, but I could, I was really aware of when my thought processes went from being in that state of quiet awareness to being in that state of thought because as soon as I was in the state of of actually thinking that cognitive mind my head hurts <laughs> it was Aww. it was a really exceptional teaching process that I do not recommend to anybody but um, it it is amazing how much more centered you can be when you find those ways to let go of the inner chatter without, you know, trying to squish it down or repress it or, you know, do those, any of those things that are sort of inner self-harming. And I, I would emphasize that because we, we think of, oh, how do we get to new earth? And we often think of, okay, well, how can we shape and change our external world? How can mm-hmm. we, 
you know, down with our governments or, you know, use technology down down with our corporate controllers, Uh you know, you know, let's escape from all of them that, you know, burn it all. And, Uh and, but that's, but that's still very external and that's not how you reach there. It's, it's a, it's a, every individual reaches there by going within and finding their own peace. So, yeah, it's been strange kind of straddling both worlds sometimes to, with with doing this little exercise of, <laughs> of visiting there. Well, I really appreciate that you put in so much time and energy and focus and effort to do this. Because I, I had just asked Amber, hey, what do you think? Could you go in and, you know, see what this new earth is like? And I got some questions and, you know, let's explore that. And, you know, she really took the bull by the horns and and spent quite a bit of time doing this because we had that conversation three or four months ago. So I deeply, deeply appreciate what you have done with this and, and how much information you're bringing back. And um, so thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you. It was truly my pleasure. Thank you. All right. So you can find um, Amber's uh, information on conversationsfromtheedge.net or under the show notes if you're listening to this somewhere else. And you can connect with her YouTube page and Instagram, various different things. So um, go ahead and do that. And um, thank you again for um, speaking with us today. And is there any last little thing that you want to say? Or are you you feeling complete? Nicola just whispered something. He's like, remember to say this. Yeah. And this is coming from him. So remember, like he was like super into technology Mm -hmm. and he says there were times in his lifetime, you know, the lifetime that we know it, mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole thing, the the lifetime that led to ours. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He freak he frequently thought that his technology and his introduction of technology would be what saves humanity, saves mm-hmm. humanity from war, saves humanity from starvation, from poverty. Mm-hmm. from, you know, overwork and poor work conditions, mm-hmm. um, that technology would be our savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, even he realizes, and he says, please, I'm, I'm Nikola Tesla. So I, if I'm saying this, <laughs> please understand, <laughs> it's, it's right. not technology mm-hmm. that will shift us to the new, new earth reality. Mm-hmm. It, it is our, our own peace, our expanded consciousness and awareness, Excellent. not technology. Yeah. And that's so true because too much technology without that is how, you know, we get to thermonuclear war. You know, it's, it's uh, taking those ability to hurt, harm and action fear and, and ratcheting it up into something that could really kill everybody all at the same time. Whereas if we have that inner state, like of new earth, where we are in a state of harmony and connection and love and, you know, the highest good for, for all and, and honoring one another, the kind of technology and the use of technology that we develop from that is very, very different. And that's, I think, what um, is that in evidence in new earth. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. All right. Well, thank you to you. Thank you, Nicola, for, for bringing us that. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you so much. This is your host, Christine Madeira. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. 
You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.